Praise God. So many times we kind of go through life and all of us, um, from time to time, you get a sense where you're feeling, feeling worried or you feel like something is wrong. You know, how many have experienced a feeling where you just kind of feel depressed and kind of kind of out of sorts? The, the, the world doesn't necessarily have to be caving in on you. I mean, sometimes you could have some challenging things going on in your life, but many times you just kind of feel just worried about something. You just feel like just something, something isn't right. And what, to do, what should I do about it? What should I do about it? Well, of course, we all need to pray. But in addition to praying when you're feeling like that, there are indeed some steps that you should think about in your mind and in your spirit as you're trying to get to get to the root of what has me feeling so troubled. I know there have been times over the many years and occasionally it will it'll pop up where I'll get up and I'll just feel like something just doesn't quite feel right about today. You know, it's kind of like when you get up and go to work. At least it's happened to me over the years when I was working and I'd be in the car driving all of a sudden. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Do I have my briefcase? Do I have this? Do I have that? And lo and behold, I forgot my wallet or something like that. Sometimes in life you can just kind of have that feeling. Am I overlooking something? What's going on? So we need to seek the face of the Holy Spirit, of course. And to pray and to ask God what is indeed going on. But there are steps that we can take to make sure that we are not overlooking things. And that's what I want to go through today. What are some of those steps that we should do when we start feeling, having those feelings of what's wrong or, or feeling depressed or no matter what I do, things aren't going right. So the first place that we should always look is the first thing is to do a check for sin. Do a check for sin in your life. Now, when I say that, I'm not necessarily talking about uh, a sin like theft or murder, but there could be another sin in your life where there is disobedience to God's word that's going on. Okay, or if you're entertaining doubt, the word of God says that that is akin, akin to witchcraft almost. Okay, it doesn't say almost says it's akin to witchcraft. So if we're not believing in God, that is indeed committing a sin in itself. So we need to ask the Lord and seek our own selves deep within. Is there anything in my life that is sinful that I need to go before you and to repent? Let's see what the Word of God says. That go to uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles. And why do why do we why do we need to do that? Why do we make make need to make a spot check for sin? You know. Um, Jesus said that uh, uh, we'll have trials and we have tribulations. The Word of God also gave us uh, Romans uh, 1 9, which says basically that if you confess your sins, that uh, He is faithful to forgive. So Jesus wouldn't, Lord wouldn't have put that scripture in place if God did not know that from time to time we would slip in sin. Now, that doesn't mean that we go out there consciously committing sins over and over again, knowing that God's going to forgive us, okay? But God is aware of the fact that as human beings living in a sinful world that we are, we could possibly slip up in sin. So one of the first things we should start thinking about, if you're feeling that kind of depression or you're feeling like something is wrong, check with the sin factor that might be there. So looking at Second Chronicles chapter 7 and go down to verse number 12. Chronicles, Second Chronicles 7. See, it's something that we always have to do. We have to t- keep a mental, you know, a, a spiritual and mental awareness of what we're doing in our lives, okay? None of us. I don't care how long you've been born again and blood washed. I don't care how long you've been. We are still human beings. We are still operating in these physical bodies, which makes us very, very capable of tending towards sinning. 
You know, are we looking at things? Are we hearing things? Are we participating in things which are, are counter to the word of God? Are we associating with people that are involved with things that are counter to the word of God? And you'd be surprised how quickly that sin or those ways and those actions can rub off on you. We talked a little bit a few weeks ago about the ear gate and the eye gate, what you let in through your ear gate, what you're listening to, what you're, what you're looking at. You'd be surprised how quickly you can open the door that way. So we need to, first of all, check the sin factor, as I call it. So Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 12, okay? Verse number 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. First of all, please underline there, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Understand, understand the fact that God can oftentimes or will oftentimes appear to you by night, at night. Because I guess he, I mean, God can speak to you at any time, but at nighttime, especially when you're on your bed, you know, your mind and your body is kind of at rest. So many times God will will choose the night hours to say something to you. And you need to be aware of that and just don't negate it. You know, just don't push it out of your mind. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard thy prayer. See, he's saying, I heard your prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Okay? So you can highlight all of verse number 14 because it's pertinent to what we're talking about here today. Saying, if my people, which are called by my name, first of all, shall humble themselves, not being puffed up in pride. You know, we can't go around thinking that we are so great and we're so powerful in God that it is above us, you know, to ever slip and do anything that might not be pleasing to God. Once you start thinking inside that you're so great, no chance of my sinning or going astray, then that's a problem right there. Which, of course, I shall humble themselves and pray. There you go, pray. Seek my face, all right, seeking God's face, and turn from their wicked ways. Really highlight that. Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Okay? If you harbor sin and whatnot, it's impossible for God to hear your prayers. It's impossible for God to minister to you because God cannot look upon sin. God simply cannot look upon sin. You know, when Jesus cried out on the cross, Father, why have you forsaken me? It was because at that point in time, Jesus was taking on the sins of mankind, and God could not literally look upon him because God cannot gaze upon sin. So if you're harboring sin in your life, that's one of the first things you need to look at. I need to, I need to, to repent of it. I need to turn the other way, and I need to start moving on. Because God says, if you do that, he says, I will forgive their sin and will heal, and will heal their land. Okay, so that's the first thing you need to look at, looking at the sin. What else does God say about seeking God? Go to Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. You know, we, we take our cars to the uh, mechanic periodically for oil changes and for, you know, tire rotation maybe, or checking your, your, your belts, you know, when it starts coming time to winterize your car. We do all these things with our vehicles. But how many times do we think about doing that for ourselves? You know, it is really, um, I almost want to say, uh, immature. It's really kind of presumptuous of us to think that we can just go through our lives just kind of piddling along, tooling along, 
you know, calling ourselves Christians and so on like that and not ever stopping to think about, am I doing what I should be doing? Okay, you can never stop and think that I'm just work, walking my life and going through my Christian life so well and everything is so peachy keen that I'm sure I'm in good graces with God. Well, you're always in good graces with God because God gave us grace. But you need to make sure that you're in a way that you're not um, opening a door for any kind of demonic attack or spiritual attack or just any negativity in your life because you want to make sure you're doing what God is wanting you to do. And we're all human. We're all human. But we need to make these checks from time to time. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 4, and we want to go to verse 29. Okay, and he's talking to them, he's talking to them about their, their behavior when they get to the land that God is going to give them and so on. And, uh, um, and he's telling them things that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, and just back up to 28 for a minute. Okay, and, and when you're there, and there you shall serve serve uh, serve gods, the work of men's hands, wooden stone, which neither age nor hear nor eat nor smell. And so God's telling some of the things that they would be doing that would be sinful. But He's saying in 29, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, underline that please. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find Him, if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, so underline all of that as a matter of fact. From thence thou shalt, if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, you shall find him. And you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So that is talking about us not seeking God in just some half-baked manner. Not just going through the motions of seeking God. But if you've got one of those days where you're just feeling so depressed and kind of out of it, then you need to take this check, the spiritual check. What am I doing? Am I missing something? Lord, I really need to seek your face. Lord, I really need to know what's just going on. And I don't mean just a passing five-minute prayer, a quick 30-second prayer. I mean, you need to really stop and ask God. You see, because many times when we have that feeling that something is wrong, or you got that feeling of depression going on, there might be something that's wrong. There might be something that you're missing out on. There might be something that Holy Spirit might be calling out for you to do or for you not to do. But if you're not going to seek God and really seriously seek him to find out what is going on, then you, you'll never hear what Holy Spirit may have to say to you. OK, he says again, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, you shall find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, that means diligently. When you are in tribulation, verse 30, when you are in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord thy God, it uh, and shalt be obedient unto his voice. OK, pause this minute. When you're in tribulation, when you're going through that time where you're struggling, something is wrong and you're not sure what it is. You don't just just feel it. You, you're in tribulation. You're in tribulation. OK, when you're in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient to his voice. Now, that's the key. When you're going through this thing and you're praying to God, Lord, what have I missed? What am I doing wrong? Is there something that you're trying to tell me? Okay, it says there that if you shall hear his voice and you be obedient. Okay, that's the key, being obedient. If you're hearing from God as God and God is telling you do not do this or indeed to do this, are you going to follow exactly what God is telling you to do? Exactly what God is telling you to do. You see, and so many times we as Christians minimize what God is telling us to do. We kind of say, oh, that's trivial. You know, that doesn't make sense. Why would God want me to do that? And you kind of you kind of dismiss it. 
God may tell you to go outside there to your backyard and you know that rose that's back there, you know, go and pull up that rose and, and put some oil on it and pray over that rose, etc., etc. And then you stand and you say to yourself, what would pulling up that rose have to do with this problem that I have going on in my life? What would pray, what would pulling up that rose and pouring oil over have to do with this major decision that I have to make in life? You see, well, it's the so-called trivial, the silly things of God, and the Word of God says that, okay, that winds up, you know, it, it befuddles men because men think, men don't understand how God thinks. So, so what you, what's being said, if you're obedient to His voice, you see? So when Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, you've got to do what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. You can't go second-guess it or trying to dismiss it even as being trivial because it's the trivial things of God that many times God told Moses to strike the rock to bring out the water, okay, to speak to the rock and to bring out water. Now, many people say, well, how am I going to talk to that rock and bring forth water? Okay, all right, okay. But God will do things like that. And even Moses was disobedient. He didn't speak to the rock. He decided to hit it, all right, you see. So we need to do exactly what God has said. God tells us to do. I've told you a dozen times in a prayer line that we had at church there, and Holy Spirit told me to walk around a lady three times. Now, I could have said, why walk around her three times? What does that have to do with healing? Walked around her three times, and the lady was slain in the Spirit, and, and she was healed. You see, so we can't go just questioning what, what, why, is God, why is God telling us that and everything. You can't go questioning God as to you know, what's going on. So then in verse 31, he says, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he swore unto thee. All right, so you think about that also. The Lord thy God is a merciful God, and he will not forsake thee. You've got troublesome times in your life. You've got things where you're feeling like it's just not, something just isn't right. Remember that God is not going to forsake you. He's faithful to, to, he's faithful to, to answer your prayers if you will seek his face. And, and, and be honest about it and really, really, really want to know. You know, you can't, you can't go to God. Like, you know, okay, it, it's, you know, I'm really feeling bad. I don't know what's going on, Lord. And it's, it, it's, it's 1045, so let me talk to you for about five minutes and, and you can tell me what's going on. No, it doesn't work like that. The Word of God says, if you shall diligently, if you shall diligently seek His face with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, you know it's funny. We can be so tied up in knots inside about something that's going on. And if we had to plead our cause to a human being or something... We'd be pouring out our soul to that human being about what's on your mind and what you need and what's going on. But when it comes to God, we just kind of take things trivially, you know. You see, you've really, really, really got to get to the point that you understand who you're dealing with. This is God. And while these things may seem peripheral to you or may seem like it's fluff to you or whatever... You need to get it right and understand it, because guess what? God's been here forever and will be here forever. So this is your life that you're playing around with. This is your life. This is your life. This is your children's life. This is your future that you're playing around with. So if you can't really start taking the things of God seriously, and when you have the issues of life, when you need to make decisions of life, start really taking God seriously and taking these words literally, that this is what God is saying in his book, if you can't get around to doing that, then you are actually putting your own life in jeopardy, so to speak. Your children's lives, your future, okay? Because God is here interested very much in, in making you successful, in making you to be, to be victorious, to be the head and not the tail. 
God is very interested in doing that. But he's got some requirements here. What, what, what do you say? I say, say again, the, the, if you shall seek the Lord thy God, you shall find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So that's more than just a surface seeking. That's really, really deeply looking for God. When you're feeling just like something is wrong or out of sorts, you could be spiritually dry. You know, when I had potted plants, I don't have too many house plants anymore, but I remember when I had them and everything like that, when they started looking dry, you know, what did I do? What did most people do? You water them. Okay, you water them. Okay, you don't wait until they turn brown and are almost dead to decide to start watering, even though I've done that too over the years. I, I do not have a green thumb, I must admit. And that's no reflection on God, it's just me. I don't, I, I don't, not successful with plants. You know, waiting until they're almost dead. It was to the point where one time I tried doing bonsai trees, raising bonsai trees and trimming them. It had all sorts of little tiny scissors and wire where you had to trim them and, and tie the branches off to make them grow a certain way and all that stuff. And I was not good at that at all. So what did I do? I went and I bought an artificial bonsai tree. Okay, and I had that on my desk for years. And people would walk by. Is that a real tree? I said, no. All right, because I gave it with it. I am not good with plants. But if, if a plant is, 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 is looking dead, it looks like it's dying, you water it. If the soil is dry and the leaves begin to droop, they are in need of water right then. Well, the same thing is with us when we are drooping spiritually. When we're feeling like we are just, we, we, we can barely make it. When we feel like we're just dragging around. It could be that you need some, you need watering yourself. Go to Psalm 63. The book of Psalm 60, book of Psalm 63. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? You need to be watered. You know, the funny thing about it is that um, before I was saved, I mean really, really saved, I'd been in church as long as I can remember. Parents always took me to church. Found out later on that one of my grandfathers on my father's side was was a, a preacher at one time, so forth. And we'd always been in church, but it wasn't until I got much older that I realized I realized the true meaning of God and the true meaning of what it is to be to be a Christian. So many times when I felt like something was wrong or felt like things were were amiss and whatnot, that I just kind of you know just, just shrugged it off. And went on about my life and so on until finally one day, all of a sudden, the problem seemed to disappear. Problem probably hadn't disappeared, but just wasn't foremost in my mind. Okay. You become a child of God. It's not that easy. Or you should not be willing to settle for things being amiss in your life. Or because it's going to nag at you more. When you become a Christian and things are not right in your life, it really gnaws at you. You really, you really kind of feel out of sorts. Okay. And that is because of the fact that you may need watering. You see, an interesting thing about God is that God is in us. But if we start straying away from him or if we start going where God does not want us to be or and if we're not paying attention and we're not praying and whatnot, you're missing out on that spiritual sustenance. It could be possibly that you're doing OK physically. Maybe your body is doing well physically. But if you're in this state of depression or you're worried about things and you're just constantly kind of out of it, then you could be spiritually dry. Okay, and we can do something about that. We meaning each one of you, each one of you for your lives. 
Okay, God has laid it out for us, but now we have to make sure we are availing ourselves of everything that God has made available to us. Okay, so relative to to being needing watering, 63, Psalm 63, verse number one, God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul follows hard after thee. Thy right hand upholds me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be apportioned for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So let's just unpack what the Lord is really saying here. Going back to verse number one, God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. You see, underline that word will there, okay? Because again, the will is your choice. That means that you are choosing to seek God early. And there is something to be said about getting up early in the morning and seeking God before the day starts going. Amen. You know, it's so funny. We will get up before we go to work and we will check the weather forecast. All right. Some people that I used to know would actually get up and they wouldn't go out before they had their coffee and sat down and read the horoscope before they went out. Oh, I don't dare go out the door without reading my horoscope. Okay, but how many of us get up in the morning and by a choice of our will, God's not going to zap you and make you come unto him. But you've got to get to the point where this is what I choose to do, to do, where I will seek, seek thee. And then it says, my soul thirsty, thirsteth for thee. You see, there's that thirst thing that I'm talking about. When you're feeling down like this and you're dry, it could be like that potted, that potted plant where you are running out of steam because you don't have, have the water. You don't, you don't have the water of Holy Spirit. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. That dry and that thirsty land is the place that you are at that point in time. That thing that's going on in your life that's got you so miserable, that thing that's going on in your life that has you worried or concerned, those decisions and choices that you need to make and you're not sure how to make them, the things that you're striving for, the things that you want to do and you don't see answers to the questions. Well, right now, that's your dry land. That is your dry land. You've heard me say before that we all have wildernesses that we go through, that God permits us to go through. He'll sustain us, but there are things that we have to do. So while you're in that dry and thirsty land, you're feeling like there, where there is no water. Verse number two says, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Now you've seen God at work in the church, so to speak, or in the holy places. Because my loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will, underline the word will again. Okay, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will underline that word will again. Lift up my hands in thy name. Okay, where you're choosing to bless God and where you're choosing to lift up thy hand, lift up your hands in in his name. And, And four is coupled with verse number five because it says my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. This is talking about praising God. 
If you haven't gotten to the point yet that you really, 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 really can praise God, then this could be one of the reasons why you're feeling like you're in this dry place. It could be one of the reasons why you're feeling depressed. It could be one of the reasons why you're feeling like something is wrong and I just can't put my hands on it. Okay? Praise is a vital part of your relationship to God. It's vital. If you can't praise God while you're here on earth, what are you going to do in heaven? That's eternity. Heaven talks about us praising God virtually nonstop. So if you have a problem praying with praising God here while you're on earth, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? Okay? You got to get past that. If there's a barrier, if there's something in you where you feel uncomfortable about praising God, and, 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 and I know that there are some people that actually struggle with it. Been in ministry for many years, and I know that there are people that are actually struggling with praising God. And the interesting thing that I've found over the years in being in several ministries, you know, is, is that, is that um, the, 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 bulk of the, the bulk of the people, Christians, have a time praising God, believe it or not, are the men. Okay? Praising seems to come to the women a lot more easily, especially in Western civilization, meaning, you know, you know non, non-Eastern, uh, is that the men are raised with this macho kind of feeling, you know, where I got to chew tobacco and smoke Marlboro cigarettes and I got to lift weights and I got to be so macho. So to raise my hand and surrender to God and to praise someone, a lot of times men have a hard time doing that. All right. But you got to get to the point where you can really, really praising God, raising of hands as well. It talks about it. The music we sing talks about raising your hands and praising God because it's showing that you are surrendering to God. You're not being so mighty that you think you can do it yourself. So one of the things, according to the scripture, that we need to do is to learn how to praise God with our lips. It says in verse number four, thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. So if you're not praising God, that's one of the things that might be the reason that you are having a difficult time, where you're not feeling the joy, where you're not feeling that something is wrong. You, you know, if you're praising God, and I tell you the scriptures, you know, evil, the devil cannot occupy a space where there is praise and worship going on. You just can't be at the same place at the same time. So if you've got these things going on in your life and going on in your house, maybe you need to bring some praise and worship into your house. Put on some praise and worship music. But what is what is it that has me feeling so out of sorts? Verse number six again, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. How many of us go to bed thinking about God? Are you going to go to bed? Oh, yeah, let's see now. I got a meeting at 7 o'clock, or I got to do this with the kids at 6 o'clock. I got to do this in the morning. How many of us go to bed thinking about God? Okay. How many of us go to bed and ask the Lord to watch over me while I sleep? That I may arise in the morning among the land of the living to go forth to do your work. It's my prayer every single night. Tomorrow's not guaranteed anyone. And you don't know what battles for your very soul may be going on in the spiritual realm while you sleep. While your physical bodies may sleep, your spirit does not. Man's spirit does not sleep. God does not sleep. Okay? So while you are physically asleep, how do you know what's going on? What do you know tomorrow is going to bring? So you need to go to bed at night thinking about God. And you will have a much more restful and much more peaceful sleep. Verse number seven. Because thou hast been my help, thou hast been, past tense, been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Do you rejoice in God thinking about the things that he did for you? 
You know, I think it was last week that I said, why do we worry so much about about where we have been rather than thinking about where we will be, where God will take us? Amen. And think about what and, and think about, you know, God has indeed helped you. He's brought you through other things. He'll bring you through things again. So therefore, you should be able to rejoice. My follow my my soul follows hard after thee. Thy right hand upholds me. God upholds you. God, God hand, God's hand upholds you. So again, now getting back to this point about being thirsty, if you're feeling like that, maybe you need, maybe you need to, 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 to drink on God. You know, um, um, water is a, is representative of Holy Spirit in the Bible. Water is representative of Holy Spirit. So maybe you need a drink, a refreshing from Holy Spirit. Also here in talking about, uh, um, uh, connecting with God, let's go to, to John. John 15. The book of John 15. We get so caught up in our lives and things are, 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 are missed or not quite going right. We, don't, we oftentimes don't think of the source for why we're feeling the way we're feeling. We will sit back and we'll think and we'll go through a mental list of all the things that we didn't do. Or did I forget to do this? Did I forget to do that? Did I forget to call so-and-so? Did I, you know, or should I call so-and-so? But what about God? You know, you put your hand on your chest and you feel your heart beat. Scientifically, medically, you can give a million reasons why your heart beats. And every other function in your body but you really stop and think about it. If God wasn't sustaining you, that heart wouldn't beat. The mere fact that no one sitting here in this sanctuary has to stop and say to themselves, okay, I'm going to take a breath. Okay, I'm going to inhale, exhale. Okay, I'm going to take another breath. If anyone here does do that to breathe, I'm going to pray for you. None of us has to think about breathing. None of us. We don't think about making your heart beat or any of the other functions that go on through what the, what the science calls the autonomous, autonomic, autonomic nervous system, I think it is, something like that. We don't have to think about those things. It goes on. Well, it's because of God. You see? But yes, though, when things go wrong in our lives, we tend to forget that it's God, it's God is the one who is sustaining us. He's the one that's bringing every single breath of life, every single heartbeat, every single bit of our function. So the things of life that are, quote unquote, important to us, why do we not bring God into that? Why don't we run there first? Okay, alrighty. If you wind up with a, a pain in a specific part of your body repeatedly or for a period of time, the first thing you do is you run to the doctor to have it checked out. But you're going through a spiritual pain or a mental pain because of things that are happening or not happening in your life. But God is the last person that we run to. Why is that? Why is that? You know, you're you're drying out inside. You're drying out and you put everything about God on the back burner. So we need to be connected to God. Verse uh, uh, John 15, verse number one. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges, that it may bring forth much fruit, more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. So if you want to bring forth fruit in your life, 
And that is, is, is positive things and, and things of prosperity. Prosperity is more than just money. Prosperity is health. Prosperity is joy. Prosperity is when things are going on badly around you that you are still joyful and you have hope in your life. If you want to be that, you have to stay connected to the vine. And it says here, too, every branch in me that bears not fruit, God takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it and so that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, that's akin to someone that's into plants and trees and things like that. If, if you carefully prune certain parts of the tree, that it grows more abundantly, it grows more fully. Okay, but he's also saying here, though, that if it's not bearing fruit, he takes the branch away altogether. All right. So God may prune things in our lives or there may be some challenging times, but God is doing the shaping and the pruning and whatnot so that he can make you more fruitful, so that you can be, uh, be more successful. All right, verse number three. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. The branch, you cannot bear fruit by yourself except you abide in the vine, which is Jesus. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse five. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Underline, please. Without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and it is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. All right. So that's like a tree. If you ever see a branch fall off a tree and you see that branch bringing, bringing forth fruit when it's laying on the ground, I don't think so. I don't think so at all, you see. So if you've gotten away from Jesus and you just kind of let yourself drift away, okay, because Jesus doesn't leave you, but you can certainly drift away from him, then you're going to stop bearing fruit. You'll stop. And that could be the reason why you're feeling depressed. That could be the reason why you're worrying about things in your life. That could be, that could be, that could be the reason why things just don't seem to be working out for you the way you're praying for them, because maybe you've disconnected from Jesus. Okay, and, and, and I mean really getting in touch with who he is and what God means to you. He goes on to say here um, in verse number seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done with you. Okay, and on the line there and my words abide in you. So the word of God has got to abide in you, because if the word of God is abiding in you, it's going to stop you from doing those things that's counter to the word of God. If the word of God is abiding you, the minute you start opening the eye gate or the ear gate and letting things in that you shouldn't be looking at, listening to things you shouldn't be listening to, doing things that you shouldn't be doing, okay, if this Jesus is abiding in you, it's going to stop you from doing that. It'll stop you from doing it because you won't feel comfortable doing that. You simply won't feel. How, how many here would actually feel comfortable walking into a, a store and, and just stealing from it? I mean, yeah, I mean, would you feel comfortable walking into Walmart and filling up your pockets with things and walking out the door? (laughs) Amen. Amen. I mean, you stop and think about it. I mean, now that sounds pretty ridiculous. Okay. And why do you do that? Because, first of all, you know, it's against the law. All right. It's against the law to do that, that there are consequences to you doing that, if you especially if you get caught. But from the light from God's eyes, even if you don't get caught, there's response. There's consequences to doing that. So we don't do things because of what man's law says. But more importantly, man's law is based on God's law. God said you shall not steal. So those words abide in you. So therefore prevents you from doing things. Well, the same thing goes on throughout the spiritual spectrum. If God's word is abiding in you, that means you're not going to be doing other things that the word of God says you shouldn't be doing. You know, the word of God abides in you. That means that you're going to spend time praying. If the word of God abides in you, that means that when it comes down to making, to making important decisions about your house, 
okay, about, about your life, buying a house, buying a car, doing something with your children. That means that you're going to consult the face of God before you do it, because the word of God, God said to seek me. So therefore, that word abides in me, so I'm about to do something important. God said to seek me, so that word that's living in me says, oh, okay, I'd better be seeking God, you see? But we don't do that. We tend to drift away and just kind of let life just go on about itself or things happen without going back and saying, maybe I should check myself here. What am I doing or what am I not doing? Okay. Verse seven again, and then we'll we'll move on. Um, If we if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Underline that. And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If I keep, if, uh, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Please underline, these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So if you want to replace that depression and that worry and that out of thing, out of sorts feeling, you want to have your joy in you, then this is what you need to do. Okay? And God, the interesting thing here says that, um, uh, verse number seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified. Okay? Herein is my father glorified. You see? You see? And we don't stop to think many times. These are spiritual, deep spiritual concepts here that Jesus himself is saying. If you have a red letter Bible, these words are written in red. Okay? And he's saying that if you do these things, and you're bringing forth fruit, God is being glorified. You ever stop to think that when you're struggling, when you're feeling depressed, when you've got a long, drawn-out face, or things are not really going right in your life because of something that you're missing, God is not being glorified by your life. God's not being glorified. When you're not struggling, when you're feeling good about yourself, when things are going well, and well, well, well God, Jesus said there'd be tribulations, but I'm saying that when, when you're, you're, you're recalling to yourself that I need to abide in Jesus, that I can do nothing without Jesus, and you're seeking him out and you're seeking the face of God and, and, you're, and you're prospering, God is being glorified by your life. That's one of the reasons that we were created. You realize that? God created us so that through, through our lives, through us, that he would be glorified. Make no mistake about it. Mankind is not just some experiment that God just decided to do. We're not something that crawls up out of the slimy ooze of some, some primordial soup, as those would like us to believe. Not at all. We're just not some inconsequential um, scientific uh, 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 um, experiment that God did. Not at all. Not by a long shot. You're here to glorify God. Okay, and through your life. So if you're not feeling the utmost and there there are times that we all do, then you got to go back and you got to do a status check. What am I missing? What am I going on? What's going on here? Because God's will is for me to be prosperous, to me, for me to bring forth fruit. That's God's will for my life. That's my plan. That's God's desire for my life. So if I'm not feeling that, if I'm not feeling that, that then, then I need to go back to God. And what God will show you is that while maybe you are not there yet, there's a plan. This is where you're going to be. This is where I need to get you to. Okay, but in the meantime, there are things that we must do. 
There are steps that we must follow. God, God cannot, cannot reverse his own word. God cannot make something untrue. God made promises in this Bible, and if we follow what God is telling us to do in that Bible, they will show and manifest themselves in our life, in our lives. It may not be in our time, like we said a couple of sermons ago, maybe it was last week. It may not be in our time, but God is always on time, okay? All we need to do is, is again, this message about is about how am I feeling? Am I waking up kind of feeling depressed? Am I feeling out of sorts? Is there something not quite right? Because we all have those times and those days, what we need to do about it. Check the sin. Have I been disconnected from God? Have I been spending enough time really with, I don't mean surface time, I mean real time. You've got to get to the point that you really, really believe who God says he is. Not a theoretical God. Not a may, may the force be with you, okay, or just some amorphous cloud that's floating through the universe. That God is a very real being, a very personal being who has your success. He has your, your well-being very much in heart. So if you're not feeling right, feel like something is missing, then maybe you're missing something, missing something from the source. And then the other thing that can take us away, the closing scriptures here, let's go back to Psalm. So many things we, we think is important. Getting to work on time is important. Can we get to worship God on time? It's kind of secondary. You have an appointment with man, you get to the appointment on time. It comes down to setting aside some prayer time with God, it's kind of secondary. It's very funny, too, it's interesting that just when you're trying to do something for God or with God, it's always funny how someone or something will pop up at the last minute to prevent you from doing it. Somebody dropped by the house when you're trying to get to church. Somebody called, oh, can you please come over to help me just when you're trying to, trying to go and pray to God? Funny how things will just kind of pop in and interrupt your plans. Well, if we don't let those plans stand in the way of us getting to work or in plans, of, plans for us doing other things with other human beings, then we shouldn't let those things interrupt us when it comes time to spending time with God, when it comes down to spending time with God, okay? You're the one that's feeling the way you're feeling. You're the one that's got the issues of life going on. You're the one that's got the troubles and the concerns and the worries and the questions. Okay? And if you thought there was a, a doctor, a, a, a man at the bank, a, a, a man down at the courts, I mean, if you thought there was a man someplace that could answer your questions, you'd be there in a heartbeat. You'd be there in a heartbeat. But the one who has the answers to your questions, on top of that, promising to give you some joy, you know, anyone here that's, that has experienced joy when they shouldn't be experiencing joy? You understand what I'm saying? Has anyone here ever experienced joy when you really shouldn't be experiencing joy by man's standards? Okay? When you've been laid off from a job, when you've lost your house, or when something else really terrible is going on, but you've got joy in your spirit? And people say, why can she be so joyful? Why can he be so up? Because God will give you that joy. The word of God says the joy that passes all understanding. Well, that's where God will have you to be. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter when you're feeling depressed and you're whatnot, but you need to run to God to avail yourself of that joy. And you'll bring it down because what happens 
is that when you've got that thing that you're struggling with and you're praising God, and it's happened to me over the years many times, because like you, like you, I have had challenges. They say we'll have challenges, but I know how to get my way out of those challenges. Okay, and what happens is when you start praising God and just going to God and seeking his face, you guess what? What will happen is that Holy Spirit, God will unleash something in you where you will see how meaningless your problem is. Will show you that this thing can be done away with if you have faith in me and just trust me. That I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. I am not going to let you fail. I will provide for you. You will not be where you think you're going to be. I don't care what the situation looks like. And when you can really, 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 really get that deep down in your spirit, you'll feel the burden of whatever it is that's troubling you lifted off your shoulders, literally, physically feel it lifted. And you'll take a deep breath and it'll be a refreshing because you've drank of the Holy Spirit. All right. And I can't explain that to you scientifically. I can't explain that to you medically. All I know is that there's a lift in your spirit and that depression is gone. Because you've been praising God and God has released a fresh infusing of his Holy Spirit upon you. And you will see that I don't have to worry about this. God's got my back. He's got my front and my sides. That wherever this thing is going, God has it. So therefore, I know it's going to be a good thing because I'm going to abide in Jesus. I'm going to reconnect myself to that vine, which is Jesus, which will give you a boost of strength, will give you a boost of hope where you will wind up having joy where, quote unquote, you should not be having joy in the eyes of man. Okay, okay, you know, remember I worked for an engineering firm many years back and starting my career and and many of the uh, scheduling engineers were being were being laid off and literally came back from from lunch. And they were those proverbial pink slips were literally on the desk because that was how they terminated people by literally having a pink slip on the desk. I did not have one on mine. Aren't you worried that you're going to be here tomorrow? I said, no. Why? Why is that? Because I'm not worried about it. Why? I said, are you really curious? How much time you got? You really want to know? Let's go to lunch. I'll really tell you how. Okay? Only one person really, really asked me, and I shared within the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said, this is why I don't worry about it. If I do get that pink slip, well, guess what? There'll be a green slip, so to speak, you know, as soon as I walk out of the building. Because I'm not simply worried about it. Simple as that. Okay, so you get to that point in life where things are, 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 are the things that, that, that supposedly matter. Not that they don't matter to you, but you don't get pulled down and depressed about them because you run back to the Lord. OK, but the whole key to that is you got to believe it. You got to believe it. I don't mean just believe it to talk to it. You got to believe it deep within your craw, deep within your spirit. OK, OK. You got to get to the point that you can you, that, 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 that you can actually praise God. And I mean, praise him. You know, we can give praises to people. Somebody bails you out with a large sum of money, your mortgage is overdue or something, let's say, your car note is overdue, and somebody will bail you out with a, you know, bless you with a gift of money, you can certainly praise them. Oh, so-and-so is such a nice person, so-and-so is such a great person. What about giving that to God? God gives you the very breath of life, gives you every single heartbeat, you see. So that is the secret. That's getting back to that. So, so, so now, and fear can come in there also. Psalm 34, in closing here, Psalm 34, verse number 1. Psalm 34, verse number one. I will bless the Lord at all times. Again, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Underline that, please. I bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Continually means always. Okay? 
You've heard me say before that you can praise God while you're doing the dishes. You can praise God while you're washing the car. You can praise God when you're doing your toenails. I mean, whatever it is that you're praising God, you know, I mean, unless you've got food in your mouth, I wouldn't advise you to start talking and praising him. Then you wind up choking. You know, God don't want you to choke yourself. But you can praise God in your thoughts. Amen. But this says, I will praise God with continually with my mouth. My soul shall make her, her boasts in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, underline, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Underline all of that. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So if you've got some fears and you've got some worries, you're feeling depressed about something that might be going on or is not going on, is not happening, seek the Lord. He'll hear you and he'll deliver you. He'll bring you from there. And how will he deliver you? First of all, he'll deliver you by giving you peace. Maybe the thing, the issue has not been worked out yet, but he will give you the peace so that you're not worrying about it. You see? You see? And, and, and we really, really, really need to learn how to do this and how to lock on to that. Because, again, as was in the sermon last week, I believe it was last week, that talked about God is, is always not early, not late, but always on time. Amen. So the thing that may be troubling us, the thing that we may be wrestling with, why you need to have your peace while that's happening is because the answer in the natural realm may not manifest itself until a week, two weeks, a month, years or whatever it might be, depending on what the situation is, may not come to to fruition um, in the physical realm right away. So in the meantime, does that mean that you're going to drag on for a week, two weeks, a month, for years? You're going to wind up feeling letting yourself be depressed instead of seeking God? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. God will take away the fear. They looked unto him and were, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Please, and saved him out of all his troubles, underline. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Okay? The angel of the Lord encamps round about uh, them that, that, uh, that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Okay? So underline all of that. The, uh, the verse number eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. You realize that, that you, you become more blessed when you're trusting in God. And then fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is obviously not the fear like in, you know, fear of a lion or something. This is talking about reverence. When the word fear is used like that, it's talking about reverence. Have reverence for the Lord. You, his saints. And guess what? We are his saints. Okay? Saints are not little carved things you see sitting on the dashboard in cars. Saints are not statues you see hung up on the wall in some place in the church. Saints are not somebody that um, has done three miracles and died 300 years ago and somebody decides to make him a saint. According to the word of God, we are saints. That's what the word of God refers to his children as saints. Okay. Um, for there is no want to them that fear him. Please underline that. There is no want to them that fear or reverence him. Amen. Amen. So the last thing there is that what could be making you feel out of sorts uh, is indeed uh, that spirit of fear also, because when you're fearful or anxious, you got to know that it's time to seek the Lord. And when you seek him, you expect you can expect to be delivered from whatever has you feeling fearful. 
Amen. Amen. So just again, think about it. If something is not going on right, you're feeling just a little out of sorts or, or you're worried about something the same way you would go to the doctor if you had a persistent pain someplace or you, you know, weren't feeling well. You'd go to a doctor. Well, guess what? Run to God. Run to God because he is there for you. It is not his desire, not his desire at all that you should go on, you know, feeling troubled and your lack of joy. You know, your joy should be uh, uh, taken away from you. God, God's will is for you indeed to have joy. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message. Yeah, no, I'll do, I'll do. I, I praise God. Let this, uh, I hope this message was a blessing to you. Now let us close with, uh, by collecting our tithes and offerings. Praise God.